When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are discussing joy and how your Enneagram type may interact with it and tips for not limiting it. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is if you listened to maybe a couple of episodes ago, maybe yesterday, I talked about how my mom and my grandma were afraid that they might have COVID, but they got their test results back and it was just a stomach bug. They are a-okay. My thorn is that I accidentally got myself into a bit of a reading pickle. I've been reading a book a day and it's been really fun, or at least, you know, a book every couple days. However, on Friday, I filmed this self-care day thing and I got a book from the library just for that day but I wasn't able to finish it in that day so I'm kind of reading three books at one time right now I get myself into this situation a lot so I need to just kind of power through a couple books get through them so that I can just be one book at a time and my bud is that I got some popsicle molds and it's on my bucket list for the month to make popsicles and I've been looking up recipes and I'm getting really excited about popsicle making. Okay friends, so I shared my essay yesterday about seeking happiness and kind of the journey that I've been on over the last three decades and I wanted to go in with some more practical thoughts and information specific to each Enneagram type. You know, I think one of the assets of being an Enneagram 7 is developing creative ways to experience joy even in the hardest parts of life and that's not something I want to lose or even underutilize. In fact, I've been thinking a lot about Enneagram growth and I think a simple way to consider it is how can I use my powers for good and not evil, you know, or simply is this opening me or is this closing me? As a seven, it's for me the difference between escaping my reality through future planning and enjoying my reality as it is, even when it's not fun and really being able to honor the emotional landscape that's there for me. I tell a story a lot about going to Paris and standing in front of the Eiffel Tower only to start thinking of and planning my next trip. The element of not being there in that moment is one part of the structure that wasn't supporting myself, but it's also because if I were honest with myself, that trip felt bad to me. There were boundaries with my traveling companions I didn't feel capable of setting. I was lonely and I felt unlistened to and even trivialized, but... Instead of feeling those feelings and communicating them, I simply said, I can't wait for the next trip we'll be going on. Perhaps if I had have let myself be honest about my feelings and admit that I was unhappy in what should be one of the happiest times of my life, 
I could have actually been present at the Eiffel Tower and felt it, truly let it impact me. And I tell you that story to say sometimes we limit our access to joy in ways that aren't so obvious to us. I would have thought at one time that ignoring the negative and trying to stay positive was joy, but I've learned that allowing life to impact me, truly being present in my experiences, is a far richer joy than that. So I wanted to share a simple nugget for each Enneagram type, one way that you may limit your access to joy, and one tip for allowing more joy in. And please don't use this episode as a way to type yourself. So if you don't resonate with what I'm saying about joy here, it doesn't mean that you've been mistyped. This is just my exploration of the type structures and it may not resonate for every single unique version of every Enneagram type. So please hold it lightly. And I also wanna say that if yours doesn't resonate for you, this is just an invitation to explore with yourself ways in which you may limit your joy and strategies for allowing more joy in. So we're gonna start today with type one. Our type ones tend to moderate their pleasure, kind of this feeling that if I enjoy something too much, then it must be a bad thing, or maybe I'll feel out of control or like I'm doing something wrong. And so I invite you to notice that natural moderation of when you start to feel an extreme joy or something sounds really pleasurable to you, what if you let yourself explore that without shame? And also, I think it's helpful for our type ones to bring in what I call intentional spontaneity, meaning carve out time in your week where you are allowed the space and the time to be fully spontaneous and free. I am not naive enough to think that you will just be able to be fully spontaneous and free all week long as you need to be, but spontaneity is so precious for the growth and of the healing and the softening of the one structure that using kind of your one superpower of being able to manage things and being able to really make the most out of life, in my opinion, you're able to do that. If you can carve that time out where you're like, this is a sacred time for me to be as free as I need to be, it can be a real asset to you in that balancing out restriction and pleasure. Okay, for our type twos, sometimes our type twos wait around for other people to do the things that will bring them joy. Maybe they have a restaurant that they really love, but they, they think I can't go there unless I have someone who wants to go with me. Or maybe they wanna go see a movie and they're like, I can't go see that movie because no one wants to go see that movie with me. And that is really limiting your access to fun experiences, to joy, just because you feel like it has to be with someone else and that you can't enjoy it alone. And I invite you type twos to really romance yourself, date yourself, take time unplugged, get bored, let yourself feel the joy of what it feels like to do these things on your own and to pour into your own cup in really fun, exciting ways. Go see the movie you wanna see, take yourself out to dinner, go on a date with yourself to the library, go get a good book, go read and drink coffee alone and just enjoy your own company. For our type threes, oftentimes our type threes get caught up in work first, play second. Now, this is something that a lot of us get caught up in. It's not only for type threes, but type threes do tend to struggle with this. Oh, if I can, I can have some fun today, but I need to get this thing done first. So I encourage our type threes to 
Start your day with something you love. Begin your day with pleasure and then work can follow. And that way you are just kind of creating a natural balance there. The second thing is to remember that the goal isn't the goal. <laughs> Meaning the destination of all of this hard work isn't where you're gonna feel joy. You're gonna get there and you're just gonna think about the next thing you need to do. So the process has got to be enjoyable. Your life has got to be pleasurable or you're going to write pleasure out of your life. Type fours have a bit of comfort in their suffering, meaning that pain isn't so scary and in fact can be more comfortable in some ways than intense joy. I'm not saying that fours are like sad and like all the time because that's not, I'm not that of that opinion. I think fours tend to want to feel all of their emotions to the fullest and they want to have those emotions mirrored back to them. But I do think that there is a fear of two things. First, a fear of the shallow. Like joy can sometimes seem shallow and, and not honest. And so allowing themselves to experience joy or even confidence when it doesn't feel 100% true yet feels like playing pretend and that doesn't feel authentic and doesn't feel connected to the truth of their experience. And so if they feel like the balance, sometimes we have to intentionally force joy in order to let more joy in and that process can feel like a little too inauthentic for our force. The other piece of this is that there can be a fear that if I let myself feel this joy then there's only a matter of time before it's gone. I'd rather long for the joy that I can't have then feel the joy that is here. So when it comes to how do we move through this limitation, what I would simply say is kind of tap into that nostalgic part of you and ask yourself, what would I have enjoyed doing as a kid? What would I have really liked to do when I was little? And let yourself play in that space. Another thing that our type fours do really well when it comes to joy is watching something like a movie or, you know, tapping into the romance of life through the lens of the media that they're consuming. For example, I started watching Downton Abbey recently and now I just like want to live by candlelight and I'm having like tea high tea every day like that's the kind of vibe that our fours can tap into and so then that can make everyday tasks feel really romantic and special like oh I'm making the bed if I were a lady's maid back in the Victorian era this is what making the bed would be like you know kind of tapping into that romanticization that kind of play element of what's kind of naturally, you know, what you're kind of naturally inclined toward. I think that's a really fun way to experience joy for all of us, but even for our type fours, especially. My type four husband, he has the most pleasure when he's letting himself just be in the moment, really just find pleasure in mundane tasks like washing the dishes. He'll talk about how good the warm water feels on his hands and that whole process. So kind of how can you make each mundane task feel significant to you? Because I know that's important to you. All right, type five. Sometimes our type fives can live their joy out in their mind, meaning they kind of have like a really rich fantasy life and this like magical realism that they can explore. And 
they can kind of replace living it by thinking about it or even learning about it. So to allow that to really integrate into your system and be a joy that gets to be felt, you can actually just put action in place to do what you think sounds enjoyable. If you are fantasizing about moving off grid and starting a garden, maybe you can start small by having a little patio garden right now if you live in the city. Things like that, like taking a little bit of action toward what you think sounds really, really pleasurable. All right, type six. So our type sixes, I typically do have two versions of things because I do think our type six structure is very complicated and it is pretty polarizing, like the difference between the counter type and the other types. So I tend to have kind of two versions. I will say in general, if you are a counter type of any number, it's really helpful to listen to the numbers that you can look like at times. So if you're a sexual four, pay attention to the advice given to eights. As a social seven, I often need the advice given to twos and to ones. So just keep that in mind. But for six, I am gonna give you two. The first way that sixes can limit their access to joy is through balancing out the energy in the room. So oftentimes if type six is in a room and everyone's feeling an intense amount of joy, the energy is really, really high, they're going to feel kind of this subsurface pressure to bring that energy down and vice versa. If the energy is really, really low, they're going to almost be super happy as a way to bring balance. And I think it's a sense, like a seeking of stability. That's kind of my intuitive guess as to why this is happening. I think sixes want to know like we're good and if emotions are really intense in a positive or a negative direction, it feels unstable. And so they're kind of their animalistic survival instinct is like, whoa, 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 we need to bring this down or we need to bring this up. We need to get this to a more even keel space and they'll moderate their energy to match. The other piece of this is they tend to, you know, they want to be prepared. They want to make sure nothing goes wrong. And so sometimes that role of being the one who needs to prepare, the one who needs to make sure everything is going to turn out good is putting them on the outside of the experience. It's taking them away from being in the moment and experiencing the joy and putting them in the position of the one who needs to take care of everything and the one who needs to make sure that the joy is guaranteed for everyone else. Kind of like they're out of the experience and they're now the one in charge of making sure that this all doesn't fall apart. So with both of those ways of limiting joy, I have one tip. And that's simply in that moment when you notice the need to be prepared, to be on guard, and that desire to kind of bring your energy down to lower the temp of the room, is simply to ask yourself, what would it feel like to allow myself to participate and not moderate? How would it feel to participate and not to moderate. All right, type seven, we limit our joy. And type sevens wouldn't think, oh, I'm limiting my joy, but we do through escapism, meaning, okay, I'm in this marriage and things are kind of going well, but if things go awry, here's my plan. Or I have this job and today's a really bad day, so I'm gonna think about how to leave this job and where I intend to go next. Or I'm having a really bad day, I just need to go, you know, drink, do drugs, 
Not every Enneagram 7 has an addiction. We do have a tendency toward addictive behaviors as a way to escape our negative emotions. So just something to be aware of. Like maybe you go online shopping, maybe you buy a plane ticket, maybe you go on a spontaneous road trip, all because you don't wanna feel those feelings and so you're trying to flee them. Instead, the way to stop limiting your joy, and this limits our joy for a couple of reasons, just to be clear. First, it limits your joy because it takes you out of the moment. So you're actually not experiencing real joy. You're experiencing imaginative joy, right? You're escaping. The second is that you're not letting life touch you, right? You're not being impacted by your life and therefore the joy only stays at this like very surface level. And finally, at this place, joy is very conditional. It's like, if everything feels really good, then I'm good. But if it doesn't feel really good, then I need to get out of here. It needs to stop. I need to leave this relationship. I need to leave this job. I need to leave this situation because I need to feel good. And instead, what's available to us is, is present joy joy in the moment, which requires just kind of breathing through and naming our emotions, letting your emotions naturally flow through you, and then paying attention to the good things that are here and now. Oh, this pillow in front of me is so beautiful. It makes me so happy. It's so soft. This experience, I can feel it in my all of my five senses. That's the real deep integrated joy that's available that we tend to limit through escapism. All right, for our type eights, I wrote limitation for joy being fear of trivializing yourself, like kind of, you feel like almost like you're patronizing yourself or patronizing yourself, like you're treating yourself like a little kid, like joy is for the weak or joy is for the childlike. And sometimes our eights, I've really found that spending time with people who make you lighter on your feet is a huge asset to you. Like, and I think this is helpful for any of the more serious types. I think one and eight both especially, like in six too, I would say, spending time with someone who's a little bit lighter, a little bit more playful, can really bring you up to that joyful space and let you kind of get a breather from the intensity of which you tend to live life. So I think that's one element is just let yourself spend some time with people who make you feel light. But also I think it's important that you expend your energy. Let's think about type eight structure. They tend to hold a lot of things like I think in their muscles, they tend to be really like firm on the ground and like rooted and earthy. And like, they're just kind of holding a lot. And let's pretend like your muscles are filled with lead and it's kind of weighing you down, keeping you sturdy, but also keeping you grounded and serious. Well, then every time you kind of do something that is expending energy, let's pretend that a little bit of that lead is like expelling from your body and you get a little bit lighter. You're allowed to feel a little bit more light on your feet. And I think that you know, when you spend time with someone who makes you feel light on your feet, it's almost like that lead was never there. But also I, I've seen in a lot of eights in my life, like running or working out or expending that physical energy out of your body is another way of, again, accessing that joy, um, letting yourself, you know, release some of that heaviness. All right, type nine not knowing what would make you happy. So the way that you tend to limit your access to joy is 
just not knowing what would bring you joy and settling for not feeling over feeling good, right? So like if I'm numb, then I am like, I don't even have to think about it. I don't want to have to think about how I'm feeling. If I don't feel anything bad, then like we're good. And instead we can intentionally seek out pleasure and joy and things that light you up. I think we all benefit from those people in our lives who make us feel lighter. So I think that's one element, but I don't want you, the reason I'm not giving that advice to everybody. And I'm, I, you know, even for eight, I gave other ideas because I don't want you to rely on other people for your joy, right? I don't want you to be like, oh, I need that one friend who makes me happy in order for me to feel happy. And that's especially important for our nines and our twos to not kind of like wait around for other people to help them to feel the way they want to feel. It's important for you to be able to do this on your own. And A lot of type nines in my life say nature does this for them, but I also know a lot of nines who are like, nature is the last thing I want to be doing. So I think one piece of advice is like get out in nature, but the other piece of advice is just get out in general because a lot of times what our type nines do is they create these like cozy home environments that they really enjoy and it becomes like this really easy place to do the numbing out pattern that they tend to do. So every type nine numbs in a different way. Some type nines numb through television, some type nines numb through social media, other type nines are numbing through workaholism, like everybody's numbing in their own way, but usually it's happening in somewhere that you're spending a lot of significant amount of time. So at home or at work or at church even, like wherever you tend to spend time at your friend's house. But I encourage you to get out of your comfort zone by yourself, put yourself into a new situation and give yourself a significant amount of time that you're committed to being there, being out of the situation that you're most comfortable in and figure it out. Figure out what do I wanna do with my time? What would make me the happiest right now? what would bring me joy and just let yourself have it without anyone else being able to have an opinion about what that looks like or feedback on it. Maybe you don't even tell anyone what you did. You just, you know, you tell them you're going to go do something and it's just for you and you're trying to like allow yourself the full range of the human experience, but you don't have to tell them the details of what you did. If you, if it makes you feel like you can't be honest about what makes you feel joy, but just let yourself feel pleasure. Let yourself experience whatever would make you happy. Take yourself out of your comfort zone and see what it is that you would do if if no one else was impacted by it. Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining in for today's episode. Our food for thought is from Marianne Williamson. Joy is what happens to us when we allow ourselves to recognize how good things really are. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and take a few seconds and just leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It means the world to podcasters and it would mean the world to me. Thank you all for being here and I'll see you in the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.